extratime.ie. League of Ireland football is our passion. Hello and welcome to the extratime.ie sportscast. It's been a busy few days in the League of Ireland and we have plenty more to come with games coming from all angles. My name is Gareth O'Reilly and joining me on the line today is Shamrock Rovers player Gavin Brennan who talks about the Hoops 4-0 victory over Bohemians and his goal on the night. We just broke I think for one of them corners and I just said look what 3-0 up I said I'm going for Also joining me on the line is Extratime.ie reporter Tom O'Connor while senior analyst McDara Ferris is once again in studio to discuss the goings and comings of the past week. Senior analyst, I'm, I'm honoured. But the, the most important thing of goings on this week is we've broken into the top 50 in the iTunes Sports Podcast. So there we are, we're sitting uh, just two behind Bill Simmons. So we've left Stone Cold Steve Austin behind um, and gunning after... Not many people can say that. No, not many, no. Uh, UFC, there's a UFC podcast ahead of us. That's going to drop down now that McGregor's retiring. So the best way to support the podcast is to continue to rate, comment and subscribe. Absolutely. You can email us at extratimelive at gmail.com. Get in touch through Facebook or tweet us at Extra Time News. Bohemians nil. Shamrock Rovers 4 was the big result from last Friday night. It's one that's kind of, uh, I suppose, been spread across the papers right across the weekend for various reasons. But to, first of all, we might as well talk about the football and we're delighted to now have Gavin Brennan on the line. You're very welcome on, Gavin. It's good to be here. So there's, it, it was a, a good game, I suppose, from a Rovers perspective. A four 0 win over Bows. You can't really hope for much more. No, um, definitely not. Um, after I suppose the last few defeats we've had against them and draw matches in Dublin derbies, um, it's nice to get a, a good win. Especially after what we played against um, Derry, I think we let ourselves down big time up there, and the fans big time. So nice to come out and um, put a nice three up and win on on. on the week before, yeah, was that the big message um, coming out of Derry? The kind of the fact that you had to let the fans go up there and it really disappointed a lot of them. And it, it's a big trip, obviously, up to Derry. A lot of people would have had to take half days and that kind of thing. And that kind of maybe been the message the whole week to kind of build build you up to this big Dublin Derby. Yeah, oh, look, look, you don't need that to get you up for a Dublin Derby. Like you know, playing in a little derby yourself, obviously, you come from draw that played against some dog and the likes of that. I know what I know what I mean to for the fans, especially. Um, <clears throat> But um, especially when you went up to Derry, as you said, they're going up there taking half days and what have you. But in fairness, I don't think we we got off the get off the hook. Um, then the gaffer obviously said to us, you know, we we got a bit of stick after it and what have you. We reacted to that. Then obviously coming out playing balls in the Friday night, but we knew we got ourselves down. We knew we'd we'd, we'd a massive chance of to trying to rectify that again. So um, happy the way it uh, turned out in the end. And you must also be happy to have got yourself on the score sheet as well, and a nice goal to cap off what was a very good night. Yeah, um, in fact, two of the lads uh, didn't know it was up there, but we we just broke, I think, for one of them corners, and I just said, "Look, what three nil up!" I said, "I'm going for." He um, um, ended up then in the back of a nice little goal, so I was happy enough to contribute. But um, yeah, I'll take that all day of the week, but. Um, and the performance alone, it was a it was a great team performance, and uh, the crowd were meant as well. So uh, a lot of credit goes to everyone and the managers and staff, the whole lot. It was a pretty even first half. Gavin Bowes had a couple of good chances. Simon Madden had a had a great last dip, uh, gasp tackle to to stop. I think it was Akinade scoring, but but Gary McCabe scored just as as the teams uh, were going in towards half time, and and that really made a difference. And then he came straight back out after Paddy Kavanagh hit the crossbar for Bowes, but then Brandon Miller got an excellent goal, and suddenly two 0 up, and, and really you cruise from that point on. 
Yeah, I think uh, like we we always like last year. I remember like we came out um we came out slow and then um, bob the top again. But this year, like we we said the same. Like we um Gary McKay, we obviously got a great goal like just before half time. You know, would have would have dampened them a, a little bit. You would have thought. And then they come out, and then you get the bad. You might have thought he'd a, a, a bit of a chance, and and we were obviously thinking probably a bit negative as well. And then just we went up to score, then probably forty seconds later, and then we kind of thought we were in control, but um. I think it was the same you know, they got the got the balls at the right time. And um it does it does knock a lot of confidence out, you know, trying to get back into the game, you know, but um then I, I felt it through that we were very comfortable in fairness. After like it was the only real chance I think um they had in the second half was Paddy Kavanaugh with bad Prendy Gas's header I think we were training up at that stage like, but other than that I think we were pretty in control and we got tuning up so um yeah. And it was uh, a full house of Dalyman Park. They were actually turning people away. So it was over three thousand six hundred uh, at the game. A, a cracking atmosphere. Yeah, oh, but it was a lot of people say like, uh, it might be in the head the extra man. You're know, you're playing away from home or, or home. You say yeah, it's an extra man, but it actually it's a massive help, especially when you're one up away from home and you've got so many Rovers fans. I've been so enjoyed it, like you know. Same as if you're at home at Bowles, if, if you go nil down, I think it was the same. The brand new well, we went one nil down after two minutes, and the brand new well behind them, basically all as it is. So it was kind of, I'm sure they, they got the tails up, you know, from then. And um, I think that was like, as I said, an extra man, it, like it is a big help. You talked about your goal there. Actually, Aaron Clark, uh, our reporter, caught up with Pat Fenlon after the after the game, and and Pat had a little chuckle. He said, "I don't know what he was doing up there. He's a left back. We'll have to have a look at that." But he said it was a great finish. Uh, but as he said, yeah, uh, the manager didn't give out to you. I'm sure when you're slotting them away into the top corner with your left boot like that. No, I don't think you would. <laughs> but if he had went and scored from that, then I think it would have been a bit of bother. But um, I just, I just, I just went for as I said. We were training up. We said, "Look, I'm, I'm playing left back now." That's few weeks Lukey's been injured so um, we had training up I said that surely one that will recover for me you know um, so I just went for it and um, thankfully it paid off How, how have you found playing in, in left back as you say you, you, you've stepped in there to, to play in that position because Luke Byrne hadn't played he did play in the EA Sports during the week um, but uh, is it a, a new position for you do you enjoy playing in it? Yeah in fairness like, I, like I played there uh, when I was a drawer against Malo in the European Championships um, in the qualifiers so and I enjoyed it I thought I'd done well with the, with the um, with it picking myself up there <laughs> I thought I'd done alright so I, I didn't then because it was it was more of them coming at us rather than we were going at them so I enjoyed kind of like keeping away from my goal but um, towards playing with Rob I, I really don't mind once I'm on the pitch once I, I can affect the game in any way I really don't mind where I play whether it be left back a right wing or wherever Pat wants to put me in a arena on my end once I'm on the pitch So coming up the next few days for Shamrock Rovers it's a, it's a big couple of games you've got Dundalk coming to Tala on Friday and then you head down to Cork on uh, Monday for the, the rearranged fixture just looking maybe first of all at, at Dundalk um, the, the games that you were involved in last year in Tala there was two draws uh, Dundalk were 2-0 up in, in the first game and, and had the keeper sent off and then Rovers got back probably should have probably should have won the game and then of course Dundalk came to Tala at the end of the season and, and they won the league so you'll be looking to get a result I'm sure on, on Friday is, is that in the back of the mind you, you you saw Dundalk well rightly celebrate the league in Tala but maybe you want to send them away with nothing this Friday night yeah ah, look at Hort last year you know looking at them doing what they done to us you know at the end of the day doesn't matter who you play for or 
in my mind, doesn't matter who you play for. I want to win leagues as well as uh, I hope the majority of the, the Shamrock Rovers, if not all, or and all the leagues should want to do that. But um, as far as it comes, like when you're coming to Tala, it's their cup final in our in our minds, and we want to leave them going home at no points, and that's the bottom line. So I know it's going to be a tough game, but I think I'm missing the luff and all that. So need a big loss to them because he's been a major part of that in a few games. So um. Hopefully now he struggled last year against Sub and Tala. Hopefully we can just make it a bigger struggle from this year. Yeah, yeah and, and just looking at um, Rovers' competitive games, it's kind of been a, a a bit of a weird a uh, bit of a weird streak. Obviously he had that great start to the year, um, lots of clean sheets, lots of goals scored in all the games. But there has yet to be a, yet to be a Shamrock Rovers game, a competitive game anyway this season that you've been involved in, where both teams have managed to score. So it seems to be a case of you're either keeping a clean sheet and scoring goals, or you're not scoring goals and not keeping a clean sheet. Yeah, definitely like um especially in Tyler, we haven't been scoring a lot of goals for the fans, our own fans, you know. Um game of like uh defensive kinda of area, but I think um like you've been working I've been training to get more attacking minded and go getting more uh, forward as quick as we can and the likes of putting Gary McCabe up in the number ten position as we've done against Bowles when um, because he's a very creative player. So uh, in terms of that, like hopefully we can just we play the same team we don't know what we're going to do Like but as you said we're working it but hopefully um, we play the same team and play the same momentum and same tempo as we have against Bowles and hopefully we can get the results that we want Yeah and just with the league table I know it's very early days to be looking at it but it, it does seem to be a very very clustered bunch where nine points are separating pretty much the entire top half and indeed some of the bottom as well so it seems like it's going to be quite tight up there in terms of fighting out for obviously the league title being your main aim but as well as the European places they're going to be pretty uh, pretty hard to come by as well so it's going to be a very very competitive league and you even look at um, next year you've got the likes of Limerick hopefully or I, I wouldn't say hopefully but uh, I suppose they're going to be promoted and that's going to make it even a stronger league yeah, definitely. Like as you said, it's, it's it seems a lot more competitive now. I know we're only seven, eight, nine games in, whatever you want, but um, definitely like so competitive already. And then like you can see people, you can see kind of some people like brave on players, giving boys big deals and two-year deals, and they're doing the bottom and fifth halves are doing it, and Derry are doing it. People aren't expecting Derry to do this thing, this and that. But it's the way the league starts off, and it works itself out after probably four when the games goes through you'll kind of figure itself out but this minute in time it doesn't look like it's going to do that it's, as you said it's a lot closer teams in around 9 points off anyway you know it's, um, especially like we have two massive games coming up if we win the two of them we could be top so and obviously other teams will be thinking the same so um, it's, it's looking like a great season so far yeah and just to look at the club as a whole there seems to be a, a quite a a good breed of youth and, and experience in the squad at the moment I know the EA Sports Cup and the Lensnir Cup have both been used to kind of breed some of those younger under 19 players through and they seem to have done pretty well in terms of getting those minutes under their belt against them um, people who are a good bit older than yeah um, the lads have adapted well like in fairness there's a couple of young lads there now like Obviously, I wouldn't say him overall. I just they just learn the trade as you I'd say, but um, they come in and they've been doing well. Like um, Gaffer brings them in, you know, and they come in and you know what you have to do, and you bring in keepers, and we need you know what you need to do, and um, we we try to talk them through it, get them get their head, tell them what they need to do, you know what I mean, and they're well drilled in. So training's good every every day, you know. We have twenty two lads training every day. It's great. So um. There's no doubt that I'm coming out of Tala in, in the next couple of years. 
maybe just finally Gavin having to look forward to, to Monday's game probably Shamrock Rovers' best performance last season certainly in the league was, was against Cork City in Tallow the 3-0 win and you got the opening goal that night but a difficult task having to go down to Turner's Cross on, on Monday night against a, a very good side you're obviously you're taking one game at a time you're not looking to, forward too far past Dundalk but if I can ask you about uh, Monday's game what, what are you looking for when you're uh, going down to Cork what kind of performance what kind of areas are you, you focused on well, look, as you said, take one at a time. We just have to wait and see how um, Dundalk goes, and hopefully we can kick on three points down to Cork. And um, we know what Cork's going to bring. You know, they're going to have a massive crowd down there. Like they always, they always do. Obviously, um, they probably might feel it's a disappointing result against Galway too. All, but in fairness, I think Galway done well against us up in Tallis. So, as you said, there's a lot of, lot of good teams there. Like you know, and they're, and they're, they're trying, they're, they're pushing, stay in that top half. So it's going to be tough, but. When you get into Cork, we're looking for three points and we're not going to lie down and fall down for anyone. Okay, well, Gavin, that's where we're um, we're going to leave it. Thanks very much for coming on and the best of, the best of luck next weekend where you've got two massive games. Thanks very much. Extratime.ie. Get in touch through Facebook or tweet us at Extra Time News. League of Ireland football is our passion. And now here is that Pat Fenland interview with Extra Time from Friday night. Pat Fallon, we're here after a 4-0 victory against Arch Rivals behind him. Give me your thoughts on the game. Yeah, we're delighted, obviously, like you say, to win 4-0 in Daily Mount is a big win for us. Um, don't do that too often, so we're pleased pleased with the performance and pleased with the result. How important was the goal just right before half-time? Yeah, well, we got one just before half-time and just after, and obviously all goals are important, but when you score there, you know, before half-time, it, it can deflate the opposition, and we came out and started the second half really well. We happened last year, too, as we scored in the first half and never started the second half, and both beat us 3-1, so we said at half-time, make sure that the second half is a good start to it. Things could have been very different, though, if Paddy Cavanagh hadn't hit the crossbar if shot had gone in. Yeah, well, that's football, isn't it? It's... You know that's that's the way it goes. Um, Got to go in to score goals, and you know we took our chance as well tonight. I thought. And then Brandon Miller and um, Gavin Brennan finished it off. Then for your side, Gavin Brennan's goal in particular was a lovely finish, wasn't it? Yeah, it's a great goal. Uh, it's probably more used to Killian putting him in from there, but Gavin he has a sweet left foot. He was very good tonight for us defensively, you know, and then to pop up with a goal. I don't know what he was doing over there. Uh, he's a left back, so we'll have to look at it. But it was a great finish. It's good to see though that considering he played a good bit in midfield last year, that he can slot in a left back. Yeah, I think he's fair to toil, Gavin. He's he's one of them players that can play in different positions and great attitude to the game you know he's got a desire to win you know and delighted for him tonight because it's, it's, I don't think he scored too many goals but he scored any for his boy I don't think he scored too many but that's a fantastic finish tonight Was it hard to motivate your side after last week especially no, in Dublin? No motivation coming here um, you know I know what it, it, it takes to win here I know what it's about for the supporters of both clubs so now there's no motivation coming here Looking forward to next week though you have two games, in our, two games coming up in quick succession at Lone Forest will you look to give the likes of Trevor Clark, Garrett McCaffrey some game time? Yeah we'll give some boys a game definitely but we want to be strong we want to be in the next round of the League Cup and then obviously we've got a big game on Friday against Dundalk and that'll be a big big one you'll expect a good home support the crowd tonight for your, especially on your server are excellent they never stopped cheering from 7 o'clock on Nah, they were brilliant they've been great since the start of the season like I said I met them earlier on at the pre-season we great meeting with them they've been brilliant for the club you know and again they backed us to a hilt uh, tonight and it's probably for them more than us tonight because the, the, the crew that followed us the dirty last week went home disappointed and let down and we, you know we've, we've played a little bit of that back tonight It is always nice though isn't it to give your supporters a good something to cheer about Yeah look it's great it's great for them to come here and win 4-0 they'll be they'll doing out on that for a while it's up to us now to just get ahead around and move on to Athlone 
I'm afraid we do have to talk about it, but there was a number of uh, instances, I suppose you could call them, off the pitch, or on the pitch, but they should have been off the pitch, or they shouldn't have happened at all maybe, in Daily Mount Park on Friday night, in which a number of fans were involved in some altercations with each other, um, I think there was two arrests made in the end, although both were released without charge. Yeah, it was pretty disappointing uh, all round, the... The game was such a there was such a big build up to the game. Uh, the result it was a landmark result as well for Shamrock Rovers and people were looking at it. Um, but really, a lot of the discussion away from the League of Ireland was about the the instance on the pitch, and it's just it's just really disappointing. Like I'm not a security expert, but you know I've been at a lot of these games in recent years because of the situation where the fans are very close to one another. There's been a number of instances down in that corner, and anyone doing a hazard identification and risk assessment would see well where. Where where is the likely going to be the trouble? Let's mitigate that and let's put the proper security in place. So there was lots of guardy there, but they ended up they were in the car park over the far side, and when the trouble happened, the stewards were trying to contain you know quite a lot of Bohemians fans and a couple of Shamrock Rovers fans as well, um, and the guards had to come all the way across from the car park then to get in into the middle. So it just doesn't seem to make sense. They don't seem to have learned lessons from from before, and there'll be fines going out to to, to boat clubs. Um, and, and Shamrock Rovers actually have a suspended uh, section, a, a ban for a section of their ground to be to be closed following incidents in Tala last season. So uh, Dundalk are coming to to Tala on Friday, and and the return, the equivalent fixture last year, there was a pitch invasion by a small number of Shamrock Rovers fans, um, and the FA uh, charged and, and uh, have charged Shamrock Rovers over it, and basically have said the a section of the East Stand in Tala Stadium will be closed down, but they've suspended that. Um, based on there being no other instance, presumably no other instance in Tala, whether they can say an incident uh, where the security has been dealt with by another club would take that into account, I, I don't know. But it is it is very disappointing. The, the footage was, you'd almost laugh at it if it wasn't so serious, but the fact that somebody could, from one section of the ground, could come right over to where the segregator was and the there was no one seemed to be in place to take that individual away just uh, was pretty ridiculous but no one should be getting onto the pitch it just takes away from from everything that that's happening around, good that's happening around the league yeah kind of another black mark on the league I suppose from people who would have read that story you might not normally read about League of Ireland or normally follow the League of Ireland as kind of another reason maybe not to go to a game or maybe not to I suppose engage in the League of Ireland the way that the club so desperately need yeah there would be some people who might have been like as I said when we were talking to Gavin Brennan there it was a full house on Friday night and they actually turned people away people <laughs> I think probably had match tickets season ticket holders who might have turned up late uh, and, and it was a full house whether you'd recommend it to someone there was a friend of mine who was thinking of going to the game and was saying well where would, where would you get a ticket and I was saying well you could probably get a ticket on the night but it might be uh, it might be a sellout and, and the positive thing it was a sellout but those kind of unsavoury instances like well actually is a neutral going to come along uh, if they think well I don't do I want to be involved in that I don't think anyone wants to no one wants to see that yeah and not good at all um, and then just from a, from I suppose a security point of view you were mentioned there the guards in the corner not the best setup. but how much blame needs to go onto those onto actually the fact that maybe there won't be able to be any stadium bans like I, I think you were saying that the fans were just put back into the crowd in the end rather than removed out yeah it's not an offence to come onto the pitch like anyone that's been to a game in, in Britain will will note like it's a, it's a criminal offence to go onto the pitch and because it's so serious, that's the deterrent. People know that they well they, they throw out stadium bonds uh, like at a drop of a hat, but we just don't we don't have that here because it isn't um 
like it isn't a crime to go onto the pitch but uh, if people knew that they went onto the pitch that they would get a ban that uh, you know the Bohemian statement was was pretty strong um, that if they can identify these people they will be banned and that's what that's what needs to be done that's the deterrent if um, if someone knows they get onto the pitch that they won't be able to go to a game then then they won't get on the pitch hopefully you're listening to extratime.ie League of Ireland football is our passion and now to look ahead to this Friday's game between Shamrock Rovers and Dundalk our reporter Tom O'Connor spoke with Dundalk manager Stephen Kenny following Friday's 1-0 win over Sligo Rovers and he was frustrated with his team's performance Tom O'Connor here with Stephen Kenny following Dundalk's 1-0 victory over Sligo. Stephen, very tight game. Yeah, it was very tight. I thought, you know, we um, probably weren't at our best tonight. You know, that, that goes without saying, but thankfully we kept a clean sheet and that was enough for us to win the game. Like I say, yeah, another clean sheet, two in a row. Sligo pressed very high in the second half with two up front. Was that always going to be a risky strategy? With us playing with two up front, yeah. I think uh, Sligo's game plan, to be fair to them, worked to a degree. They probably can, they they can probably consider themselves unfortunate not to get something from the game because they um, were difficult opponents just tonight and um, in the last twenty minutes they pushed on a bit and and um, were threatening uh, but there wasn't many clear cut chances in the game we had all the play the first half and you know um, our periods in the second so it just one of one of those games it was very very it was it wasn't the best game of football of the season by any stretch. Um, but we're just right. We're glad to come out the right side of it. And like you said, yeah, there were very few opportunities. I suppose by bringing Chris Shields on, you were limiting again for the limiting them. But by leaving Dave McMillan to stretch on the break, yeah, it's it's you know, t- t- last season our success was really based on four two three one. Mm. So we just it's it's just a way. Obviously, we last week we were four four two, and then tonight before so. T- just different variations, really, you know. Chris obviously got suspended, he got sent off, and uh, that's the way it goes. So, um, listen, we're glad to get the victory tonight. I know uh, I know, it's not one that will grab the headlines, it's yeah. not one, but at the end of the season, the vital three points will, you know, will, will be crucial to us. I remember talking to Vinnie Perth back before the UCD, or sorry, after the UCD game of pre-season, and Vinnie said, look... Um, Dundalk have the potential to be a lot more exciting this season and I mean you've scored a lot more goals already this season than you did at the same stage last season there's been a more tactical more flexible tactics like you say moving in within a game from 4-4-2 to a 4-2-3-1 and like you were speaking earlier about a whole team ethic it, it, it borders well for the season to come so far Yeah listen we, we realise that tonight we need to improve on tonight um, I think everyone in the dressing rooms there's no euphoria after that victory because um, we know we're frustrated that we weren't at the best but I do think um, there's an inevitability that will happen at stages in the season and when you don't play well it's important to win yeah, that's, the critical, that's the critical point you know it's important to win and I think uh, we have that mentality in the group I thought the two centre-backs Brian Garth and, and Andy Boyle defended terrifically uh, when anything that was any pressure that was uh, put on the back forward they really shone, shone through and that clean sheet is a testament to the, how, they, how they defended Absolutely, and um, Stephen, best luck for the rest of the season. Thank you. You're listening to League of Ireland football is our passion. And now we have our reporter Tom O'Connor on the line. You're welcome on, Tom. Good evening, lads. 
So um, we might have, we might actually jump away from the Premier Division just for one moment before we do preview Shamrock Rovers against Dundalk and actually start in the EA Sports Cup where Dundalk were in action on Monday night. But it's it's not even the result that's a big concern um, for Stephen Kenny. It's more the fact he's after losing one of his main strikers. Yeah, um, in, the, in the paper the day after it, it was revealed that uh, Kieran Kirkuff could be out of action for, for a wee while and then that was added to by the um, potential loss of young Michael O'Connor as well so a bit of a striker shortage could possibly be in the offing at at Dundalk at the minute but I mean it happened last season before um, Michael and Kieran O'Connor stepped up and Kieran Kilduff was signed uh, it happened and Stephen Kenny used John Mountney at the latter end of games up front he replaced Dave McMillan with about 20 minutes to go and put John Mountney in the, in the number 9 role and kind of the target man so I mean I foresee possibly that happening on, on Friday if all injury concerns are revealed to be true. Yeah, and as you were saying there, they have experience about this over over the last three years of kind of having play- big players go down injured and, and being able to bounce back. So I suppose the Dock fans heading into this game will still be pretty confident that their team can get a result. Well, I think yeah, I mean, last season, I mean, the two games in Tala, Rovers failed to win either of them. The Dock came away with, two, with a point on each occasion. So, you know, and, and, and Dundalk being the current champions, I suppose, like you say, don't see anything to fear going to Tala. I mean, Rovers are in, in good form at home, but I don't think it, Dundalk are not going to fear as much as, as they possibly could do. Yeah, and the, the recent history of Tala. Yeah, and of course that recent history is one where there's, they, have, they have managed to get results in the past, and there's been uh, quite a few epic games, I suppose, over the past few seasons. Yeah, I suppose like the one-all draw is, is where, where um, Dundalk clinched the title last season is probably the standout one and then obviously the one at the start of last season where um, Dundalk were 2-0 up and apparently cruising towards victory and then um, the sending off of, of Gary Rogers then changed the game and, and Mikey Drennan double then brought uh, their three points crashing down to a point but they still escaped with a point and at that stage of the season they were keeping up the momentum and they ended up there was the one loss throughout the league if that game had been different there would have been one loss early on in the season and things may have been different Yeah and the, the other game Tom in the league was the game in Oria Park where uh, I think Dundalk were, were much better than Shamrock Rovers that, that night and Rovers were, were well beaten but from a, a Rovers point of view from the seeing Dundalk win the title in Tala and as the, the byline I think on the DVD for the year as well that we won it in Tala I think the the hackles have been raised if that's the term uh, in in relation to the Rovers players so they're certainly going to be be up for it and, and Dundalk have, have proved to be a more certainly more vulnerable this season than last season Well yeah I mean going back to last season I actually spoke with Pat Fenland after that game and that was the game in Oriel which effectively ended any sort of hope Shamrock Rovers yeah. had of going for the title and Dundalk like you say Oriel was a fortress at that stage Shamrock Rovers were coming and I suppose they needed at that stage of the season to take three points off Dundalk to really put themselves in contention but as, as, as you mentioned Oriel Park was you know to, to go to Oriel Park and take three points was a huge thing in, the, in, the, in last September and they couldn't do it this season Dundalk haven't been as solid at home like you said things just haven't things just haven't fallen into place as they did both last season the Cork game the, that game was decided penalty decision rightly or wrongly there was nothing in that game likewise the Derry City game Derry came with a game plan stuck out their game plan and walked, you know, walked away at a well earned point the Sligo game last week I was talking to Stephen Kenny afterwards and 
like is up on, on, on the Extra Time website. He was relieved to come away with, with three points. His, his thing was, look, fair play to, to Sligo. They came again with a game plan and were very unlucky not to go away with anything, whereas last season, Dundalk you know, had had four to Shoreal Park and now it's not happening. Unlucky to some degree with things not going their way, but like you said, there was, the points are not on the board that were last season. And then in the other competitions, Presence Cup is a glorified friendly, and it was in Turner's Cross, but but that was a defeat for Dundalk. Um, you mentioned the defeat uh, in Oriel Park, Cork getting the win, and then uh, Dundalk knocked out of the A Sports Cup by Pats, and then also knocked out of the Leinster Senior Cup. Not the most high-profile competition, but you were the holders. Uh, will there is there maybe a, a little bit of doubt, maybe seeping in, maybe not into the players, but maybe around Oriel Park that that the the, the Invincibility of of Dundalk, particularly at home, and and now you're having to Dundalk having to come into Tal on Friday. That you know, it, it really is a big game earlier on, early on in the season. From a personal point of view, been in Oriel a lot. I I don't that doesn't seem to seep through the crowd. Yes, there are times when the game is very tight and the crowd get frustrated that the passing is a little ornate on a surface that's probably not suited to ornate passing rather than directly going for the juggler but with regards to any idea that you know that that Dundalk are being coming exposed or that teams are, are cottoning on to Dundalk and Oriel Park I don't think so I think the idea now that Dundalk are on that parapet at Oriel Park and teams are coming having shut up shop and it's much more difficult to break them down there are less opportunities because teams are are squeezing you know Dundalk a lot more and it's it's much harder to play the ball when you're not left and teams are just becoming more and more familiar with Oriel Park and squeezing Dundalk more um, I suppose been knocked out of the competitions yeah there could be something it's nothing tangible in Oriel Park I think all that would be forgotten if in July Dundalk had a good draw and progressed to the next couple of stages of the Champions League I think the, like, the idea of the Leinster Senior Cup and the defeat in the EA Sports Cup will be Put to one side. Yeah, no, I, I'd agree. And and a win for Dundalk on, on Friday in front of the, the live TV cameras would would send a message back on form. We've nothing to we've nothing to worry about. I yeah, totally agree, Matar. And, and the last two games, like Dundalk's last two away wins, were both four t- four nil wins, and um, in Pats and in, in Longford respectively. And, and that four nil win in Longford start with a, you know starting with a four four two. Everyone was very surprised with the four four two. Though given the players that were available, it was probably his only option. He took the four four two again, played it um, last weekend, probably not as successful. And now with the loss of Kieran Kilduff, it'll probably go back to his favourite four two three one. And it's a, it's a formation that Dundalk are much more comfortable with because they've been using it for the last two two three seasons. Yeah, I think if you t- we saw last season without Christy Fagan, without a striker for St. Pat's, um, they really struggled. But I think the way Dundalk set up, it, it isn't really about who is up top uh, and, and the quality across that midfield. Ronan Finn in particular, which we've we've seen, he's kind of stepped up the hat-trick he, he got the other week. I think he's got five goals for the, the season now. That the, the quality through the midfield and the... The, the solidity at the back uh, and the def- defensive uh, qualities at the back mean that you're not reliant on on a on a one striker up front to get the goals. No, absolutely. And then that's I suppose that's why that whenever 
if after 70, 75 minutes, Dave McMillan has run himself into the ground and John Mountie comes on, it's not suddenly a heads down, we haven't got a striker. It's a case of, right, hang on a second, John Mountie's going to be you, you know, laying it off to the midfield runners coming through. You also hopefully have, have Patrick McElhenney coming back. So you're putting, you're adding, you know, like you say, to the creativity. I mean, the creativity in midfield and this season has, has been expanded with the addition of McElhenney and Benson. And I remember talking to Vinnie Perth after the UCD game, and Vinnie Perth said, "Look, he said we're actually going to be much more. We we hope to be more exciting to play, a, a more exciting style of football this year." And people remember in February looking at that goal. He's 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 wrong, like or, you know, I, I wouldn't agree with that with the loss of Tyrell. Whereas it, it's proved now, like with like I say, with two four nil away wins, when Dundalk aren't compressed like they are in Oriel, and when they have the freedom to play football the results speak for themselves away from home well Tom there's a hell of a lot of football left to be played over the coming months um, so we'll we'll catch up with you again in the future and um, thanks very much for all your post-match work and that's where we're going to have to leave it for another edition of the Extra Time.ie Sportscast my thanks to all my guests including Shamrock Rovers player Gavin Brennan and Extra Time.ie reporter Tom O'Connor I'd also like to thank my in-studio pundit, MacDara Ferris of XTime.ie. If you did enjoy today's episode, or indeed if you didn't enjoy today's episode, please do let us know by comment, rating and subscribing on iTunes. My name is Ian Garrett O'Reilly, and I'll chat to you again next week. You can email us at extratimelive at gmail.com. Get in touch through Facebook or tweet us at Extra Time News. 